2: Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I, as always, bring you a wonderful show tonight with two stellar all-star guests. Larry, who's up first on the program? Uh,
3: Thomas J. Baker has over 33 years of investigative and management experience as an FBI special agent. He served as a management instructor at the FBI Academy As the assistant special agent in charge of the FBI, Washington, D.C. field office, he was one of the first agents on the scene of President Reagan's shooting. Tom directed the FBI's initial response to that crisis. He has just come out with a new book titled The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy, that he will be discussing tonight. Thank you for coming on the show tonight, Tom. It's great to have you. Glad to be with you, Larry and Dr. Wendy.
2: You know, Tom, I am just enamored with your background, especially the uh, incident with uh, former President Reagan. I mean, I remember that like it was yesterday, even though I was in grade school. And, you know, the fact that you've had such a wonderful career and are now giving back by writing books and everything else. I do have to also say, um, given all of that, I understand you and your wife and divide your time. Between Northern Virginia and the Colorado Rockies, where you engage in all the kind of outdoor sports we should be doing for work-life blend, how do you manage to strike that balance? I mean, you seem to be somebody that can do it all.
4: Well, thank you for that. But I'm not someone who can do it all, but I, I plug away at it.
3: Well, hey, Tom, why do you think Americans have lost faith in the FBI? What has changed
4: well, why Americans have lost faith is, is the, the traumatic fiascos that have become very published, publicized, starting with the, the fallout from the Russian collusion investigation, FBI codenamed Crossfire Hurricane. Uh, we saw all the miscreants there, Strzok, Comey, McCabe, you know all the names. And it continued on, the NASA case. And to continue on to the suppression of the information about the Hunter Biden investigation. So people keep hearing that and people keep being discouraged. Of course, a lot of the general public are angry about it. Uh, people like myself who were in the FBI for a long time and loved the FBI. We're also heartbroken by what has happened.
2: Yeah, you know that was one of the things that I had um, hoped that we would discuss. Is it, it is heartbreaking to have a you know an agency that you worked with for so long and probably so many just beloved co-workers and subordinates and superiors. You know, when we have incidents like Mar-a-Lago that are publicized negatively uh, in terms of law enforcement response, I mean, wh- how would you respond or explain um, an incident like that? Because it's, it'll be so interesting to hear sort of an insider's perspective of the, you know, the legitimacy or lack thereof of these big high-profile incidents, especially this one uh, involving former President Trump.
4: Well, in most of them, I know there's a lot of people out there, probably among your listeners, who'd like to see somebody go to jail for some of these things or be prosecuted. The reality is in most of this, not all of it, but in most of it, it's, it's not a criminal offense. It's an abuse of authority. Uh, in the case of the searches at the Mar-a-Lago thing, that's clearly, and that was an institutional thing, the DOJ and the FBI, that could have been avoided. I mean, here's a former president. Here's a private residence. They break into it in a raid with a search warrant. All of that could have was unnecessary. It, it's not illegal. They went to a U.S. magistrate. They got a search warrant, but it's an abuse of authority. This could have been done in a much more low-keyed way. And so much of the stuff over the past several years is like that. The, the General Flynn case gives us examples of the abuse of authority, even though uh, there may not have been anything illegal done. Uh, time and time again, we, we keep seeing that. Uh, the FISA warrants against Carter Page, clearly an abusive authority. Uh, actually, in that instance, probably some of the warrants were uh, illegally obtained, but it's still just a, a, an outstanding example of an abusive authority. And, and that's caused by a bad culture.
3: Uh, what's interesting, too, is this recently in the news, uh, we find out that. Uh, now President Biden, he had top secret documents at the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. And not only that, he was vice president at the time, which he does not have the authority to declassify, only the president has that authority. And they've come to find out that I, I think the Chinese government, the CCP, had given uh, 30 to $50,000 million uh, to the uh, University of Pennsylvania, where, uh, this lo- related to the Penn Biden Center uh, that's located in Washington. Then we find out there's a second. Uh, discovery in biden's garage they find secret documents uh classified documents in his garage i I guess it's lucky he didn't have a garage sale
4: well that that's true and uh, you know some of these things are funny but then again they're really not so funny
3: You
2: know, um, one of the issues with uh, President Biden's uh, classified documents problem, we'll call it right now, is everybody's talking about the, you know, the chances that the FBI is going to raid his house and why haven't they? I mean, you you know, you obviously are are somebody that knows that the two scenarios are very, very different. And, you know, for our listeners, what would you say were, you know, the top two or three reasons that we wouldn't expect to see any kind of an FBI raid, even though we are sort of, we'll call it a a document drip right now, finding more classified documents in uh, President Biden's locations, both business and personal?
4: Well, in my uh, assessment, as I earlier expressed, I don't think there needed to be a raid, and and that's what it was, on uh, former President Trump's residence. And uh, I don't see any need for a raid on the current president's private residence is either. I mean, that would just simply be another abuse.
3: Right. So in your opinion, uh, how can the FBI regain America's trust? What needs to be done? Is this coming from the okay. top management? The, the The field workers of the FBI, aren't they basically all good people that are just trying to do their job?
4: Well, here's, here's the situation. Here's the underlying problem, the cultural problem. Um, Mueller, Robert Muller, when he was director, and then Comey, they tried, and they spoke openly about this, to change the culture of the FBI from a law enforcement organization to an intelligence organization. Uh, they used those words. They spoke openly about it. The culture is so different between law enforcement and intelligence. In a law enforcement organization, consciously or unconsciously, every day you work forward to the day when you're going to have to stand up in court before a judge or before a jury or in a grand jury and raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's quite different from an intelligence agency that deals in deceit, deception, shaves around the edges. And their end product is just estimates and best guesses. And what's happened in the FBI over the past 10 years or so, that intelligence approach has been given primacy. It's been spelled out in mission statements. Uh, Not only Comey and Mueller, but even now Ray cites it uh, constantly as the FBI's mission. That needs to be changed. The culture needs to be changed. I think so many of these problems, they have their roots in this bad culture.
2: You know, talking about culture, sometimes I think that the general public forgets that the FBI is an investigatory agency. I mean, by definition, that means that they don't tell everybody what they're doing or we wouldn't catch any of the bad guys. Um, do you feel like this, you know, a relentless quest for transparency above and beyond what any law enforcement agency is, um, would be allowed to provide because they would compromise the integrity, do you think that has caused uh, a little bit of public distrust as well, just not knowing how the FBI works?
4: Well, that's part of it. Um, Undoubtedly, that's part of it. But the basic thing that changed was, years ago, in in new agents training and then throughout our career, the primacy of the U.S. Constitution was emphasized. We constantly had training and retraining in the first ten amendments, the Bill of Rights, particularly the fourth, fifth, and sixth amendments. And we were told not to look upon those amendments as obstacles to be overcome, but to embrace them. I mean, a little thing. Uh, when I was a new agent, we were given a pocket copy of the Constitution to have in our, in, in our breast pocket. Uh, that's now, that was ended for years under Mueller and Comey. It's a little thing, but it means a lot. And it, if that's kept in the forefront, the Constitution, then some of these other guardrails that have always existed, will, will be more people will be more comfortable with. But right now, they're going over the guardrails. I mean... The fact that they started the 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 and several of these investigations started with with very little information, very little predicate. Uh, particularly Crossfire Hurricane, the investigation of former President Trump, there there was no substantive reason for even initiating that investigation. It turns out it was all all a farce and a lie. But yet it went on and on and on. That that in 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 the old days when when there was a focus on the Constitution, there was always questions raised by the hierarchy. Do you have enough and enough to go forward? And I was involved in several investigations of congressmen and U.S. senators, and that was the question we always got.
3: Wow. Hey, hey, Tom, we're we're running a little bit short on time here. I want people to know about your book, The Fall of the FBI. Subtitle: How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. And we can pick that up, I guess, everywhere, Amazon and so forth, right?
2: Thank you so much for joining us. We're up against a hard break. And thank you for teasing the book. Don't touch that dial, folks. We have another amazing segment for you. This is Today with Dr. Wendy. We will be back in a flash.
1: news cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines Streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back.
2: Today with to Dr. Wendy, I'm Wendy Patrick and as promised, we have a great guest for you second half. Larry, who do we have on the line?
3: Kevin Sorbo is a well-known TV and movie actor, producer, and director, famous for such roles as Hercules in Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and as Captain Dylan Hunt in Andromeda. He is also well-known for acting in such Christian films as God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light. Tonight, we're fortunate to have Kevin with us to discuss his latest project, which is his new movie, Left Behind rise of the antichrist that will be released in theaters nationwide on january 26th thank you kevin for joining us tonight so
5: good to have you here my pleasure it's good to be here
2: kevin i read you used to get stopped all the time for your starring roles in the hit series hercules and andromeda which is no surprise uh, but now you get recognized for God's Not Dead, Let There Be Light, and other Christian projects. And I understand your fans keep telling you to keep at it, keep making Christian films. Is that correct?
5: They do. You know, going I, I, in fact, I, I just landed in Nashville here. Now I'm, I'm doing the Mike Huckabee show tonight, and I know you guys are friends. And he, uh, it, it, just going through the airport here now at the luggage, I had about five people walk up to me and say, hey, I heard about this Left Behind movie, can't wait to see it, and got uh, oh. to keep doing the movies. you so, it's just it's it's just great to see the fans. There's so many families out there that want these kind of movies instead of the stuff that's coming out of Hollywood. So, I'm just you know I want to do movies that have hope and faith and love and laughter in them. You know, that's what I'm going to keep on doing.
2: Amen. Hey Kevin,
3: why is this film, this new film you're coming out with, so important right now?
5: Because it feels like the raps already happened. We all got left behind. I mean, it's yeah. Just, with, with the stuff going on the world right now, it's just crazy out there, right? And uh, you know look at the anger and the hate and the divisiveness and you look at governments uh, not only our own government governments all around the world using fear as a weapon to control the people living in these countries and it's just crazy and i i, I think that now this movie's going to show people that hey look there is hope out there guys there there is redemption out there there's a chance for uh, you know a, a better way to make us all get along a lot better than we have been so um i think this is the timing on this thing is just amazing
2: you know, I love the, the silver lining, the optimism, the encouragement that people are getting from your films because you're right. The rapture hasn't taken place. All the good people are still here. And when we speak out and when you title movies, let there be light, God's not dead. I mean, praise the Lord. Those are the types of things that give everybody hope. And I use the word everybody very strategically because Larry and I are both evangelical Christians and we would love to share good news with anybody that wants to listen. And I know that's part of what you do too through making these films is they're not geared just to christians they're geared to everyone god loves everyone and we love for them to hear some of this content you know when people stop you in the airport and you know probably everywhere else do you find sometimes that there's a lot of seekers that have in fact been inspired by your films
5: uh no question the first time it really hit me is um, when God's Not Dead came out, I, I remember I was at the Salt Lake City Airport with my wife and kids, and we just gone on a ski trip. And this woman walked up to me. She's probably in her early thirties, had a beautiful eight-year-old daughter with her, and I could tell when when she started talking, she was somewhere from Middle East. And she said, "Are you Kevin Sorbo?" And I said, that, "And she was." She gave her name, and she said, "I'm from Iraq originally. I live here in America. And I saw your movie God's Not Dead, and I be- became a Christian because of your movie."
2: Oh, I no, get goodness! Praise the, the Lord.
5: We. People go to SorboStudios.com. SorboStudios.com is a great place to go. I get it every single week from somebody or a group of people saying the movies have affected them in a positive way.
3: Hey Kevin, I, I love that movie. God's Not Dead it has the newsboys in it. You did a wonderful job as a professor. I saw it at least twice. I we bought my wife and I bought that movie. I, I, that's a, just an amazing movie for people who haven't seen it. You should see it. God's Not Dead. Now, Kevin, I understand your new movie, Left Behind: Rise of the Antichrist, delivers an updated storyline to the 2014 Left Behind movie that starred Nicolas Cage, that earned over 30 million dollars worldwide. Is your new movie? A sequel to the 2014 version, and how is it different?
5: Um, yes, it is a sequel, but it, it still takes place six months after the rapture. So I took over the role that Nicholas Cage said the Rayford Steele role, the pilot in, in the books, um, the Left Behind books eighty million copies. So this is this is six months now after the rapture, and so what's left on Earth now are people that are either denying it, which you know, there are people will just all those aliens or whatever that come up with any reason of why you know millions upon millions of people have disappeared. Um, I my journey now is really to follow what my wife uh, tried to get the path she tried to get me on in that movie because I I kept dissing God and just you know she went to church all the time, my son went to church all the time, they were Christians. Well, now I realize that everything that she told me that the rapture would happen one day did happen because we saw it. We saw it right before our very eyes. So he goes on his own spiritual journey to find his own redemption and hope. And there's about four of the storylines in here that all come together at the very end of the movie. So it's kind of uh, kind of a cool little little you know just little vignettes of different things going on. It's it's wrapped up at the end of the movie, but obviously it leads on to the next one because they love what they're seeing right now and they're already going to write the uh, sequel to this one. And I hope to be directing and acting that one at the end of this year. But pardon me, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit when you brought up God's Not Dead, because the tie-in here I have with Jerry Jenkins and Tim LaHaye, uh, they're the ones who wrote the book. Uh, Jerry Jenkins funded a movie that I did back in 2010, 2010 with his son Dallas Jenkins, who's doing pretty well right now with a little thing called The Chosen. And Dallas directed me in that movie, What If? It's the same writers that did God's Not Dead. It came out a couple of years before God's Not Dead. I highly recommend What If? I've shot over 70 movies. And in my book, What If is a far better movie than God's Not Dead. So those wow. of you who have never seen What If, go to Pure Flix to streaming and You can go to servostudios.com to get a DVD copy. But um, it's, to, me, to me, it's a much better movie. And I think if people see it, they'll see why I said that.
2: The mix of talent and humility is absolutely encouraging and inspiring. Thank you for that. You know, it probably isn't lost on you. And you probably thought this through like many other Christians have that, you know, whether or not everybody knows every word in Revelation, it sure does seem within the last, let's say, five years that there are lots of signs, obviously not all of the signs for people that actually know what all of them are, but do you find that some of your fans are beginning to question whether or not we may be closer to the Rapture than we previously thought?
5: You know, you all see people holding up signs, the end is near at football games or <laughs> something like that. But I've Right, right.
2: You're,
5: <laughs> and You're, you're perfect at bringing the, the book of Revelation, because that's obviously what this deals with. And I read that book when I was 12 years old, and it scared me. I mean, I remember my pastor telling us to read the book of Revelation because it will scare the hell out of you. I thought, that's perfect, you know. And as I read it, as I got older and looked at it, it's it's you're right. There are signs in there right now that make it happen. When I hope people go see this movie, and I don't want I don't you know I don't want to preach to the choir. I'm hoping the choir supports this movie, but I want them to take a friend, take an agnostic friend, take an atheist friend, take people. Do I like once. a you mentioned earlier I get stopped at airports. I get stopped by people who are atheists and agnostics and so, say, you know what? A buddy of mine took me to see your movie, Let There Be Light. I don't believe the way you do, but I thought it was a pretty good movie. To me, that's a win because the whole idea is we're called to harvest, and we're called to harvest in a loving way, not in a hateful way, not a pushy way because people are afraid of the whole Christian thing because of what movies have done from Hollywood and television shows, how they portray conservatives and Christians as idiots and morons and, you know, just bumbling fools. And to me, um, you, to invite pe- people to the church, they might, they might go, ah, oh, there's church people there. But I'll tell you what, if you tell them to bring in a movie, it's easy to talk to friends into going to a movie. And I think every movie is a faith-based movie. Because if you're an atheist, that's an unbelievably strong faith to believe in nothing. It's sad, and there's no hope in their lives, but it's a very strong faith to believe in nothing.
3: Well, Kevin, what do you hope the audiences take away from seeing this film that you're coming out with?
5: Well, I, I I kind of just answer that. I hope they go to the Bible. I hope they read the book of Revelation because it's unbelievably fascinating. I mean, when you think of it, you're going, wow, this this guy when he wrote this had to be on, you know, it's like he had to be an ass or something because it is unbelievable. a description of, of of what happens to the earth, the creatures, the the, the, the sky ripping open apart, and then the stars explode. I mean, it's going to be just chaotic when it happens. But it, uh, there's also a, a seven years of tribulation. There's a chance for people to, to wake up and realize they you know the error of their way. I don't think I'm a perfect human being by any means, but all I, all I know is that God created this. You can call him whatever you want to call God, but something created this. You cannot get something from nothing. There was something that created all the heavens and the earth that is far more powerful than you and I ever were, or never will be. And we will understand everything when the time comes that we will understand everything, because we will get that opportunity when we meet our maker. Because there is a maker, guys, and it's not you and it's not me.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, um, now that you know we've been talking about this latest film, what are your plans for the future? Are you going to continue to um, down this path? I mean, we're, we're loving following your career. Just wondering what the
5: plans were. Well, you know, I'm staying busy. Thank God. You know, I mean, I got three, two other movies coming out that are done. Another one I directed called Miracle in East Texas, the true story set in 1930 about the largest oil fund in the history of the world, and it's sort of in the vein. I put it. It's not a blind side movie, but it's in that vein where the message is there, but it's not in your face about you know you better believe in God. But the me- yeah. it is a faith a wonderful movie. It's, it's got a lot of, it's funny, and it's a true movie. It's a very true story. And then the other movie I did was the Reagan movie with Dennis Quaid. He plays the president, and I play his pastor. I think that's coming up sometime this summer. And then I have two documentaries coming out. One I shot uh, this six months ago, I shot in Israel. It's called The Quest for the Throne. It deals with the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle. And the other one is a follow up to a, a documentary I shot that I narrated um, a couple of years ago. It was the number one doc on Amazon for five months. And that one was called Before the Wrath, once again, dealing with the second coming. Well, this one is the follow-up to it, but it deals with um, the, the Last Supper. And I love the title they gave it. It's called Eating with the Enemy. And that documentary will be out this summer as well.
3: Wow. So Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. I took the liberty to look it up, and we're broadcasting from the San Diego area, and it's playing at the AMC La Jolla 12 and at the AMC Fashion Valley 18 on uh, January... 26 so i would just encourage all of our listeners to go see it. i can't wait to see it
5: and by the way people can go to leftbehindmovie.com leftbehindmovie.com it's got the trailer and it shows you where it's showing near you just throw in your zip code
2: thank you so Good much time. for joining us and larry that was that was brilliant thank you for the the shout out where people can send you. you can go and see it we want to thank our listeners have a wonderful safe weekend please join us next week for more today with dr wendy headlines with the cover line have a great weekend god bless you